It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Coming up on episode number 82 of the Night Talker. At 10.15, it is the first of my three-segment chat with stand-up comedian Ali Sadiq, head of his headlining shows at Joe Rogan's Comedy Mothership this weekend. And coming up in seconds, some unfortunate injury news in the NFL. And Colorado is about to rejoin the Big 12. I am your host, Trey Elling. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Courtesy Wave. And do the same for ESPN Austin at 1027 ESPN. The main topic at hand for the first segment of tonight's show will be the Colorado Buffaloes. Although I don't think it's official just yet, at least as I'm recording at 2 o'clock on Thursday afternoon. The Colorado Buffaloes will be rejoining the Big 12 Not a huge shock if you've been following the trajectories of each of these conferences, the Pac-12 and the Big 12, over the last, gosh, more than a year now, but it is still on the verge of happening. Get to that in just a second after I do let you know that the Miami Dolphins are dealing with what looks like a pretty serious injury to their defensive backfield. One of, if not their biggest offseason acquisition was cornerback Jalen Ramsey making a trade with the LA Rams in the process. Now, I talked about this a couple nights ago. I know Jalen Ramsey still has that reputation, but his level of play has declined significantly over these last couple of years. Even going back to that Super Bowl season, the decline began in the second half of that season, and he looked like a shell of himself in the playoffs, but still, he does have that reputation, he does have a mean streak, and he does still make plays from time to time. Well, that may not be the case in 2023 because Jalen Ramsey was carted off the field at Dolphins training camp earlier today after going down while defending Tyreek Hill, and trainers were unfortunately looking at his knee. So, going up against a super fast-twitch guy like Tyreek Hill... Grabbing your knee, trainers checking the knee, and then you having to be carted in the locker room. Those things don't typically add up to good news. So we will hope the best for Jalen Ramsey while also understanding that the Dolphins just likely lost one of their starting cornerbacks for the 2023 season. Moving on now to college football, and this news did break yesterday. I had already put my show in the can by then. No, not like that. It was recorded for the evening, so I didn't get a chance to address this. That's okay. I have no problem doing so a day later. The news cycle may move on, but I still need to get some shots in as well. That's right. I need to get some shots in when we're talking about the Pac-12 crumbling even further as they lose a school that has a lot of excitement going into the 2023 season, maybe the second most excitement after USC with their national championship hopes. But Deion Sanders coming in as the head coach there has reinvigorated the enthusiasm in Boulder for that football team, which last year flat out stunk after being decent in 21. Well, enjoy it while you can, Pac-12 fans, because this will be Deion in Colorado's last year in the Pac-12. News started trickling out yesterday that Colorado decision makers were holding a meeting and the Big 12 did unanimously improve the 12-member institutions starting in the 23-24 athletic calendar year did approve 
Colorado as a 13th member of the Big 12. How big a deal is this in terms of competition? If you're the Big 12, you hope it's a huge deal. You hope Dion does what he did at Jackson State, and that's come in and make them competitive pretty quickly. Competing for whether they do things by division or maybe they're going round-robin scheduling with a conference championship game, competing for conference championships and perhaps putting themselves in position to make that expanded college football playoff beginning in 2024. And while people have hypothesized why this happened, what the biggest reason is why this happened. And of course, it's easy to point to the Pac-12 still not announcing a new media rights deal. We have no idea who is going to be broadcasting their games in any sport, but especially football, beginning next year. We still don't know. Because the Pac-12 continues to hold out for a deal that at one point they were hoping would be better than what the uh, Big 12 got from ESPN. Now they're just hoping it's comparable. The sad reality for you Pac-12 fans is that you better hope that you're getting something below but still in the same ballpark as what the Big 12 worked with ESPN. Which, by the way, very savvily included a flex option to give any new schools that come in to play football the same amount of money as all the other member institutions. So is the media rights deal a part of this? Yeah, absolutely. You could say it's a part of it. But I think the reason why this happened is much simpler than that. It has to do with good leadership versus bad leadership. Yes, I understand. You don't want to hear me go on about Brett Yormark and how incredible he is. One more segment of one more episode, but here we are. And I need to give you a reminder of just how good of a job Brett Yormark is doing compared to pretty much all of his fellow conference commissioners. Maybe with the exception of Greg Sankey, who is also doing a superb job. But I would also point out that Greg Sankey is playing with a bit of a loaded deck. But when you compare Brett Yormark to every other conference commissioner, he is lapping them. And it's probably three or four laps at this point when you're talking about Pac-12 commissioner George Klievkov, who going back to after Texas and Oklahoma announced or after the news leaked out that Texas and Oklahoma would be going to the SEC at some point in the undetermined future. Now we know that's starting next year. Initially, it was when their contract with the Big 12 ran out, I think after the 25 season. That was absurd. We knew that wouldn't happen or we were hopeful that wouldn't happen. You like to think that USC and UCLA bolting the Pac-12 for the Big 10 next year helped accelerate the exit for the Sooners and Longhorns. But after the... Texas and OU to the SEC news did break and was authenticated by announcements from various sides. George Klyavkov attempted a power play and in the process overplayed his hand in a way that he has not recovered from since. And it had to do with uniting the Pac-12, the Big Ten, who then was under Kevin Warren's leadership, and then the ACC who was under the tutelage of then-new 
Conference Commissioner Jim Phillips, who was previously the Athletics Director at Northwestern, to form the Alliance. And they even said when they announced the formation of the Alliance, this is not a binding contract. This is all of us coming together and saying, hey, we're looking out for one another. We have your back. Except in the case of the Big Ten and Pac-12, it was more like we're going to stab you in the back because as we're feigning some interest in this alliance, we're actually going to go in and get what is far and away your most valuable program, USC, and also take their rivals with us while we're at it so that you don't have any presence in what is the second largest city in the U.S. and perhaps the most important college sports city in the U.S. because New York cares about its basketball, I guess, but how big is college football in New York City? So Los Angeles is that for college football, the number one city in this country. And since then, George Klyevkov has attempted to remain confident and say all of the right things and promise the members that have stuck around up to this point that they will get that solid TV deal, that things will be better for the Pac-12 than pretty much any other conference going forward. The reality is, is that's not the case. And the Pac-12 is now at the end of the line, I have a feeling, as a major college football power conference. If and when Oregon leaves, then they're completely done. But in the meantime, they are hanging on by a thread. Whereas the Big 12, led by Brett Yormark, continues to make right decision after right decision. And you could argue the merit or the value of Colorado, but they do add value for a conference that in a way, is maybe going quantity over quality, but they're also identifying the potential in quality, too, at the same time. And that is all because of Brett Yormark. All right, coming up, we are going to get away from sports for another conversation with a funny stand-up comedian, this one being Ali Sadiq, Houston-based stand-up comic who is headlining Joe Rogan's Comedy Mothership this weekend. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Ali Sadiq is a very funny stand-up comedian, as evidenced by last year's hugely popular special, The Domino Effect. And he's just come out with part two for that special. It's called Domino Effect 2 Loss. He's actually going to be headlining at Joe Rogan's Comedy Mothership this weekend. Don't know how many tickets remain. If they are there, though, you need to go to ComedyMothership.com to snag those now. And Ali is nice enough to join me for a few minutes. Ali, thank you so much for the time. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Just sitting in this lush hotel in Austin. (laughs) You did kill Tony last night. Uh, I don't know if that was your first time in Rogan's new club. I've actually... Had the uh, the chance to uh, check out comedy there on about four or five occasions at this point. For you coming from the comedian side of things, do you agree with the uh, sentiment that most comedians seem to be sharing, which is that it's the perfect comedy club for comedians? It is definitely a comedian's comedy club. It is definitely that. It I'm, The aesthetics of it is great. How you move around the club is spectacular. You don't have to go through the audience. You don't even have to see them until you actually go out there. And it, it's filled off. It's like <laughs> it's like a little comedy, little comedy treehouse. Like it's very filled off, man. And it's nice. I'm not going to front. It is nice. It's very nice. Love to hear it. And uh, you actually have a new special out right now. It is the Domino Effect Part 2 loss. This comes uh, about a year after you release the original Domino Effect. 
And uh, you choose to focus on loss this time around. And I love a quote that you give at the beginning of this latest special, which came out in early June. And that is, in the streets, people only talk about their wins. They never talk about their losses. But for me, as somebody who uh, strives for success and studies those who are successful, uh, most successful people will admit not only do they suffer defeats and losses and failures, they often do so quite frequently uh, in an effort to gain experience, but also to learn lessons from those losses too. So is that kind of what your thinking was when you decided to focus on loss with this latest special? Yeah, it was along those lines. Because that's, that's a topic that's really not discussed in in most people live. They never talk about the loss. They never Nobody ever, hey, let me tell you about the time that I lost. <laughs> but those are the things that you learn from, you gain your experience from, and you know how to win because you you lost. And especially when it comes to, that's when it comes to games. But when it comes to losing people, like in a relationship, like a lot of people get devastated after a divorce. You know, they feel like their whole life is not together. And, you know, and then they have this regret about what they didn't do. But those are things that happen. You know, sometimes you, you lose something to get, to get something better. Or sometimes you just lose something because it's, it's not actually for you. Then when you losing people as, as, as far as a death, death can be devastating for a person like a, a, a fan. I've seen family not recover because the head of the family passed, you know, and I would be less than a person if I didn't want to prepare my kids and my family for when I'm not going to be around. It's inevitable. I'm not going to be here all the time. So I'm trying to get them to understand why I move like I move, why I do certain things so they can still, you know, prosper. But we don't discuss it all the time. We we act like we're going to be here forever and things are forever and you're going to lose things. You know, my daughter lost her earring and she act like it was the end of the world. I'm like, <laughs> like we can get you a, we can get you another earring. I, I don't I don't understand cry, cry gibberish. I don't understand. <laughs> So, you know, that, that's that's the, the the thinking behind this particular special, having a message about being able to lose something and carry on. You know, it's so interesting because uh, you've obviously been through your own trials and tribulations, which is worse than most people are going to experience in their life. But as your friend Rogan says... The worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. So I got a couple of young kids at home. I got an eight and six year old at home right now. And sometimes my son or daughter will be like, this is the worst day ever. And sometimes it's as simple as us being out of strawberries or uh, us saying it's we're done watching TV for the day. And I, I just want to sit there and tell them sometimes you don't even understand how bad it could possibly be. But I also have to remember and their limited experience on earth. Yeah, this does kind of suck for them. And I probably need to figure out <laughs> other ways for them to deal with hard stuff. You know, my seven year old breaks down when there's no more raspberries left. <laughs> well, well, you ate them like you <laughs> ate all of them. Like, did, did you and I got to explain that? Did you enjoy the raspberries when you were, when you were eating all of them? It was okay. It was a bunch of raspberries, right? And the more you went in the refrigerator, they started to dwindle. Like I, I say, I'm not crying because I didn't get not one raspberry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then I go to the picture of her with the raspberry with the raspberry fingers. She had a raspberry on each finger. She's like, look. He's like, I say, see, that's that's why they're gone. 
<laughs> Try to get her to deal with things early so it just won't be so devastating as, as, as life rolls on. Yeah, it's like I bought a full pint of ra- raspberries that were supposed to last for the entire week, but they didn't even make it two days because you decided to go on a raspberry binge. So maybe next I'm time. Old. She put them on everything. Yeah. It's in a yogurt, in a pocket. Like, it's like I, I like, did you just put a raspberry in your pocket? I'm taking it upstairs. <laughs> to do what? Like, it's insane. So you said part of the way that you try to prepare your family for the fact that you're not always going to be around because there are two commonalities for us all. That is birth and death. You do try to explain uh, why you operate the way that you do. So I guess is there a a simple way for you to explain to me and uh, my viewers and listeners right now as to why you do operate the way that you do, Ali? Yeah, because I think about I wake up and the first thing I think about is death. So I can have gratitude for the life that I'm about to live today. Hmm. Like I'm, I'm going to have the best time that I can have today. If I get upset about something, it's only temporary because I know I don't have that type of time to waste. I don't have time to be mad about this all day. And then I may not get, I may not get to Wednesday. So I'm, I got to do whatever I got to do today. And what I'm not going to do is waste my time being upset about something that, that I had no control over. Or things that I do have control over, I know that I had the control. So, hey, man, you you either get over it or waste it or waste your time living. Like, are you wasting your lifetime? Like, that's that's, that's how I think about myself all the time. Am I wasting the time that I have to live doing something that I don't really want to do and that's healthy for me? So, that's my philosophy. I'm I'm gonna think about death. For the first 15 minutes, as soon as I open my eyes, so I can live a better life for today. You know, because I because I realize I don't have the time. I don't have the time that I think that most people think that they have. Oh, I just do that tomorrow. Or I or I I fix that tomorrow. No, I might as well fix it today while I'm thinking about it. Because <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm at that time. I just don't know what the, the hourglass, man. I don't know what, what <laughs> I just don't know. So I gotta. I got to try to do everything I can do today. Well, that's such an interesting way to think about things, especially to start your day. Some people may hear that and think that it's a morbid way to start your day. But if you are thinking about that in a way that turns it into an overall positive over the course of the rest of the day then uh, then it has to be looked at as healthy. I'm curious, though, because not a whole lot of people necessarily take on that life philosophy. Have you been around death a fair amount in your life that uh, it's something that is top of mind very first thing in the morning? Yeah, it, the, the thing is, my I've experienced some some pretty awful deaths hmm. in, my, in my family, and I see how it... it devastated my family in the beginning until mm. we learned because our first loss was uh, a small child and so oh. when that happened it was so devastating because it, you know it's a it's a it's a child it's, it's an eight-year-old and you thinking about all this other life that they had to live because you know you're at this point and then you lose an elderly person. And then you think about, well, they live a long life. You know, they, and then you start to weigh it out. Like, man, some, sometimes it's, 
young, sometimes it's old. Sometimes it's what we would call an accident, but you have to you have to deal with these things that that happen in in your life. And when it when it's like that, you start to learn, man. Like I I don't have the type of time that I thought that I had. You know, like I thought I had a lot of time with my sister. She's a, why well, wouldn't I think that? She's a child. And, you know, I, I got plenty of time to do a lot of things with her. The creator didn't say the same. So you, you start to regret things that you didn't, you didn't do instead of relishing the things that you did. Like, man, I was, we, we used to have a really good time. So I think about those things the most. Then I think about the elderly people. I didn't spend a lot of time with my grandmother like I should have. But you lived with her in the time that you did have with her. What did she teach you in those times? That's a, that's a better memory. That's a better discussion versus me talking about what we didn't get a chance to do. You know, see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I kind of live with the experience that I had versus what I thought should happen. Even when in a breakup, somebody, you know, I, I've had some relationships and Oh, me and this girl broke up. Then I see her 15 years later. I was like, yeah, probably good. Probably good. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know your genetics was like that. I didn't know that you, you know, that's, you didn't want to work out not once. Mm. Like, like. <laughs> he is stand up comedian Ali Sadiq headlining at Joe Rogan's comedy mothership this weekend. You want to grab those tickets that do remain? There aren't a ton. Shows Friday through Sunday. Go to ComedyMothership.com. Coming up more with Ali on the other side. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Back with the very funny Ali Sadiq. He is going to be headlining at Joe Rogan's Comedy Mothership this weekend. Not sure if any tickets remain. If they do, you need to go to ComedyMothership.com right now to grab those tickets. They will sell out by Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at the absolute latest. He is performing Friday through Sunday. Ali, we were just talking about people from your past who you think are one thing and will remain that one thing going forward, that's not always how it ends up. As a matter of fact, the opposite usually happens because people take their skills in the moment for granted. And oftentimes, they will get complacent with the honing of that skill and years later, they'll still think they're something. It could be good at a sport or a trade or a craft, but if you haven't done that thing in a long time that you consider yourself good at, you're not going to be very good at it anymore. Some guys who I used to be friends with, you do know that you don't look anything like you look in high school. Like, like, like anything. Like, hey, man, did you, like, not slide back from the table at all? Like, not at all. Like, man, you know, you know my thyroid. <laughs> Nothing happened to your thyroid. It's like... <laughs> He's like, no, your plate, sir. Like it, it's some, it's some people who I thought were gonna end up being good people that didn't. It happens, and I think that a lot of times we're not prepared for what can actually happen. 
and we skate through it. Like, we don't talk about it. Like, some people don't talk about anything that can happen. I used to be on a basketball team, and one of the guys used to say, hey, man, listen, I know y'all don't think this, but it's a good chance that we might lose this game. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, if y'all not going to play, we're, it's a good chance that we're going to lose. And that used to always bring, you like, hey, man, hey, man, listen, we need to really start playing this game like we know how to play. <laughs> because other than that, he's right. It's a good chance that we're going to lose. And sometimes we just couldn't get it together and we lost. And he's like, and then you see the guys with their head down. I can't believe we lost. Well, guess what? I can't believe you wasn't rebounding. I, I couldn't believe it. I was I was amazed that you wasn't rebounding that ball. <laughs> so, but I think that with my kids, I, I, I do the same thing. I can't believe that I failed that test. Man, you know what I can't believe? That you didn't study, man. I can't believe it. Like, and I watched you not study. I, I don't know if you know that. I watched you not study, and I knew what was going to happen. So maybe next time you may want to get it together. Because I'm not going to help you when you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And my kids learned that lesson. Like, he's going to allow us to fail if we're not doing that. Like, yeah, I told you. And so in my life, I kind of want to put things out there for people that you can laugh at it. You can, but I'd rather you think about it and like, hey man, you do know it's a good chance that you this may not work out like you like you think it's gonna work out. But how do you bounce back from that? You know, that's like doing a science experiment. You experimenting some, you know, you putting together. Oh, it didn't work this time. Oh, it, oh, it didn't work this time. Hey, were we supposed to be making blue bleach? No, no. Okay, it, it, it did because <laughs> I had a. I grew up with a chemistry set. I don't know if you remember those. Oh, you know, yeah. they, you, you, you would give, parents would give their kids for Christmas chemistry sets. And you would just sit there and try to make things. Yeah. And it didn't work out a lot, you know. And But what you did create, you created. I remember I remember sewing my own jeans and to because I wanted them straight leg. I, so I sold them myself. And in the middle of the school day, the threading popped. So now oh I got God. like, got like straight legs, flare bottom jeans. <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and, and other, and another dude was like, Hey man, you got to kind of double stitch it at the end. So it won't pop. I had no idea. Everybody was doing this. <laughs> I thought it was just me. So, so you, I learned, you, you learned a lesson from your, uh, from your jeans coming apart at the scenes then. Oh man, it was like a straight leg flare. And <laughs> my sister told my sister told me, hey, when you do that, don't cut, don't cut the other material off. Cause it I like, why? It, it just looks crazy. It, and so I cut it and now it's popped. And that's why she told me don't cut it. Cause if it popped, then you can have your regular, your regular gene. But now it's now it's like flared and it's cut. And I'm like, no, this is the new style. This is the new- <laughs> You just mentioned uh, letting your kids fail, and that's so important to do as hard as it is at times. But man, parenting is so full of pitfalls in 2023. Obviously, COVID screwed everything up. But for you as a parent, how many kids do you have, Ali? Oh, I have a thousand. Like, I have like nine children. Okay. How many young kids do you have right now? Uh, Starting at 12. 
12. Okay. 12 and down. 12 and down. 12 and down. So, yeah. oh my God, man, that's a, uh, that's, <laughs> you do have yeah, a have variety. Some... You do have a variety going on. I know you mentioned you had a, a seven-year-old daughter too, and it goes even younger than that. What do you think the yeah. biggest challenge is for a parent in 2023? I think it's the same as it was when, in, when I started having kids. My oldest is 29. My oldest daughter is 24. Um, just the, it's a pitfall when you're not having enough time with them. Hmm. Spending it's like with your kids, like people have them and then they rush to let somebody else have them. I've I've I'm never I'm not in that space because I, I I want I want to keep them as close as possible so I can explain as much as possible. You know, because in this, in 2023, the challenge is that they're exposed to things very early if you're not watching. And then they, they're exposed by irresponsible people. Let's say that. I think that's the biggest, the biggest downfall of 2023. If your children being exposed by inexperienced people, like, in this in this world, a lot of people without children try to tell you how to rear children, but you don't have them. So I don't understand. I don't understand. And and an adopted child is not like your own. Uh, mm. A niece and a nephew is not like your own. And like I and I want people to. I have nieces and nephews. They're not like my children. You know what I'm saying I have people that I know that have adopted children. And they love them. And then when they have a child the 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 natural way, they see the difference. This is this is somebody else's child, actually, yeah. that you're that you're rearing. This is your actual blood and flesh and blood. It's different. Oh, love is love. No, it is not. No. It is not. Like, man, I love my my sister's kids. I love them to death, but not like my kids. No, it's it like, hey, I jump in the river and save your life if you drowning. But with my children, I would give my child my heart so they could live and I could go. Like, man, I, it, it's not, it's not the same, and I don't want people's impression to be on my children without me being there to explain what they're seeing or what they're going through or yeah, I, I, the closeness, man, the closeness. And I don't, I don't want somebody giving my kid information about things that I don't see it as the same. And, and people think, well, what are you talking about? Anything, even with teachers, I don't want a teacher that's telling my child to do something for money. Oh, you gotta you gotta learn this, do this, you can have a good job. That's not how I'm raising my children. I nope. I don't want my children to be in the, to to put themselves in a machine just to get get paid. Hey, it's like I don't I don't want I don't I don't go with the Santa Claus thing either. Well, if you be good, some strange fat man. Gonna give you gifts. That sound like it sound like <laughs> raising my daughter to be a stripper. Like, <laughs> hey, look, girl, you be good. <laughs> like, like, 
I just don't. My ideology is do something that you love, yeah. not something that you have to do. You know, because this, this thing, if they go to school and hear some teacher tell them, you got to work, work a job, you got to do all this, and then they go home and see, well, my father doesn't work a job. My father always talks about doing what you love and and living your life. It's kind of contrary to what you are saying as a teacher. And I'm not going to be in combat with that. I'm like, hey, you have to educate yourself so you can, in order to do whatever you want to do in life. Mm-hmm. Like, you you have to get these, you have to get this creative. I'd rather them teach my child about being creative. Hey, hey, do create something. Be be passionate about something. Not go to the job and, and like, I just don't see, I just don't see it the same way. And like when I used to hear coaches tell my son, it's about how you play the game. Well, that's one part of it. But you, it's about how you play the game, but you also play the game to win too. Like you, we're not coming out here for a loss. I, I, I promise you, I didn't drive 45 minutes and get up two hours early for you to go out there and lose or not give it your best effort. That's the loss to me when you didn't give it your best effort and you lost, it's a double loss. Like you gave it your best effort and you lost, solid, you gotta get better. But if you went out there and you just accept, hey, hey man, this out there, you lost, man, I'm not doing that. He is stand-up comedian Ali Sadiq. Going to be headlining at Joe Rogan's Comedy Mothership this weekend. I just checked. There are a few tickets remaining for the shows Friday through Sunday. Go to ComedyMothership.com right now to grab those. They will be gone by Thursday or Friday. Coming up, one more segment with Ali on the other side. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. One final segment with Houston-based stand-up comedian Ali Sadiq. He is headlining at Joe Rogan's Comedy Mothership this weekend. Shows Friday through Sunday. Not a ton of tickets remain for any of them. Go to ComedyMothership.com to grab those now. They will almost certainly be gone by Wednesday or Thursday or at the very latest on Friday. Ali, we were just talking about sports and competition and the importance of winning and losing. And sports is so important for helping kids to understand how to operate in this world. And that's one of my biggest concerns with society right now, Ali, is that there are way too many kids who don't play any sports anymore. They just basically sit on their fat asses playing video games all day. But sports teaches you how to coexist with others. They teach you the value of teamwork. They teach you how it feels to win versus lose. And it also teaches you how to handle winning and losing because there are important ways to handle both of those things too. Man, winning and losing and preparation and practice and determination and effort, all these things that sports do for you. And I played every sport, even the sports that I wasn't good at, I still played them. This is what I think the problem is with children. And parents. The problem, first of all, with parents, they go over the children. So you have a child and you put them in basketball. Is that all that they play is basketball? Yeah, that's all my, my son plays basketball. So y'all don't go through the seasons? <laughs> like, I went through the seasons. 
I played football in football season, <laughs> basketball in basketball season, baseball in baseball season. I swam, lacrosse, golf, tennis, badminton, hacky sack. It's like, it's like, it's like whatever, <laughs> soccer, whatever was going, like what? Do you remember hacky sack? It's yeah. like, this was a, this was a crazy thing. Like, a bag and you and you gotta hit it as many times as you can hit it. And like, <laughs> if I wasn't good at this, and then I started to be. It's the processing of learning things, marbles. Like you know how crazy it is to leave out with a bag of marbles and you come home and you walk in and you tell your parent, I can't believe I survived with these. I made it home with these three marbles. <laughs> I bought you a bag of marbles. Uh, I was losing marbles left and right. <laughs> they was some of them cracked. It was crazy out there on the marble field today. <laughs> it's like I skateboarded. I tried to surf. I did everything. Hmm. They put their kids in one box. I just play AAU basketball. What? You can't play no other sport. I just played football and you can't. Fo- I didn't grow up like that. I grew up playing every sport, playing every activity. Some I was good at, some I was horrible at, but I did it. I couldn't believe I used to I used to be so good at hot ball. It was this game called Spread Eagle, where you would throw this ball up against a wall, yep. and you had to catch it with one hand. And if you missed it, you got to run and touch the wall before somebody hit you. And then if you got hit, you had to stand on the wall and let somebody throw it. Like these are some terrible games, that, but <laughs> the consequence of not catching that ball with one hand, you learn very good coordination. Like I was a shortstop, so mm-hmm. it it's like a ball can't really get past me because I played spread eagle. But you throw that ball, ah, and <laughs> you gotta catch it one, you gotta catch it one hand, and, and it's a consequence to not catching this ball with one hand. Somebody go catch it and try to throw it at you. Man, I, I just don't think that kids play enough. I, I skate. I was a skateboarder, and I and to, to this day I still jump on a skateboard huh. and on the street. And they be like, "Man, he on a skateboard?" Man, I rode bikes. I did everything. I failed. Like, you know, I would come in, and show my mom on my shoulder. I'm like, ah, I don't know what this is. <laughs> it's like it's called cement rash, son. You know what I'm <laughs> you, what, what did you slide down? And then she just. This is a funny thing. My mom, this is learning about learning about how to take things as well. My mom would be like, she'd be talking to me. And she's like, oh, look over there. And then I look and she'll pour peroxide on the school. <laughs> I'm like, ah. <laughs> like uh, so peroxide or alcohol. And you you learn to toughen up. Yeah. And you and you, hey man, I lost a lot of skin. I've lost a lot of skin in the game. And it teaches you those things. I can't emphasize enough about sports and putting your kids in sports that they're not good at to teach them to learn. You take a bunch of football players and put them in lacrosse. Hey, man, I know you think you're athletic. You have football coordination. You don't have lacrosse coordination. That's right. You know, put your kid in fencing. I'm saying, and you're like, oh, you think you fast? Ah, you see that? Yeah, you're just like point. Point <laughs> point again, like it's um like my son, he boxed. Mm. But I tell him there's so many things that you have to do. Boxing, 
to be good at boxing, you still have to run. You still have to be able to jog. Yeah. And then you still have to be able to swim. And you still have to be able to jazz dance. Jazz dance? Yeah. Footwork, son. Yep. They call it the sweet science for a reason. (laughs) It's a lot of things that go in. It's a lot of things that go into this, sir. And you have to be, and this is the number one thing that I try to teach kids and tell kids. In order to be a good boxer, you have to be positive. Hmm. What? What? I said, you have to have a lot of positive reinforcement for this reason. Say if you down in a fight, you can't be talking to yourself saying that you down. You have to be, okay, all right, I'm behind. Okay, that's yeah, I'm up a little bit. You have to positively be talking to yourself to de- even distribute this type of skill in boxing. To hit somebody, you have to still be positive. You have to think, oh, that, I'm going to go to the body on this one. Look at that. That's, yeah, that's a little something. You know, you have to really be t- talking to yourself. You're like, what? Yeah. In, in any sport, when you're behind, you have to have a lot of positive affirmations that you're giving yourself. Oh, I missed this basket, but that's that one. I got short memory. I'm coming to shooting. I'm shooting again. I, mean, I can't believe I just struck out. It's crazy. Wait till I get back up there, though. Wait till I get back up there. This one's going over the wall. <laughs> like, did he just throw this curveball past me again? I don't think people know how positive you have to be in your head to play a sport. Oh, yeah. Well, especially in baseball, too, because Hall of Famers, Hall of Fame hitters still fail seven out of every 10 times <laughs> they go to the plate. That's crazy to think about the amount of confidence that you have to remain good at baseball with how much the best are still failing more than they're succeeding. Do you understand that in boxing, you miss damn near 60% of your punches? Oh, wow. I did not realize that. The only way that you do 100% of your punches is when you're on the pads. That's why when you see the numbers, the concubine number, he threw 300 punches. He landed 30. (laughs) Like, like if you throw 100 punches around, you're probably going to land 14. Those are not high percentages. Because this is a person that's moving. You threw a punch, but I still did this. I didn't, I didn't let you, I, it's not the pad. I didn't, <laughs> I'm not, I am moving while you're throwing the punches. Like you didn't miss a lot of punches. Hmm. You missed a lot of punches. You only connected seven times. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that six one hurt. They say, I ain't gonna lie, that six one hurt. It did hurt. <laughs> I thought my son thought that too, because you're on the pads and you're on the bag. It's all of those things are landing. It's designed for you to do that for muscle memory. The reflex bag is where you learn that you're not gonna, you're not gonna land all these punches. Yep. <laughs> like, look, hey, you threw 80 punches, you missed 79. Hmm. <laughs> you missed 70. You hit me one time, sir. Cause I you were like um, Pernell Whitaker. I watched the Pernell Whitaker De La Hoya fight the other day. De La Hoya threw 99 punches in the first round, and he missed Pernell Whitaker 99 times. Oh, my gosh. He didn't land not one punch that was of significant, like, and it was, and, and then Pernell, he was right there in front of him. He was, huh, 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 and then he was like, I'm like, 
man, do you understand? But I boxed and I know like, hey man, I just fought Todd Manuel. I just bought sparred with Todd Manuel. I missed Todd so many times. Mm-hmm. Like I, and he was right there. He he's like he was a ghost. He was, <laughs> he was right there. Todd landed eighty percent of his punches on me. I'm wow. not even <laughs> He landed. I didn't see most of them. Like, <laughs> and it's by by the way, it's when you get punched square in the face that you uh, have to have the most confidence as a boxer too. You still have to have that belief in self because otherwise you're just going to turn and run. Do Do you know? I always applaud boxers that go down and get back up because man, it's so it's so comfortable down there. Once you once you go down, <laughs> it's so comfortable. It's like, man, you know, I don't have to get up and. Deal with deal with him again. I can just let them count me out. Oh man! See, you like once they get to six, you, six you be thinking about it, like six. You like you know what's on the road? Seven. Damn it! Let me go and get up. That is <laughs> go, hilarious. Let me go and get up. <laughs> Oh, man. He is Ali Sadiq. Please make sure to check out his new stand-up special. It's the Domino Effect Part 2 Loss. You can do so through his YouTube channel or just by going to his website, alisadiq.com. And if you're here in the Austin area, check him out. Comedy Mothership, end of July. There will not be tickets the week of. All of these shows sell out, and Ali will be no different. But you can still get tickets right now. Do so through comedymothership.com. Ali, thank you so much for the time today, man. This is a real pleasure. Oh, man, thank you for having me, man. It's been great, man. It's been a great interview. Another show is in the books. Thank you so much for listening tonight. Be back tomorrow at 10 p.m. In the meantime, have yourselves a great rest of the evening and sweet dreams. It's the Night Talker with Trey Ellings.